HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. It's August 8th, 2013, and thanks to the, the Amigos, the Beer Amigos, for that uh, intro August song they made for us. All right. Eddie, <laughs> my buddy's August back. August 8th? Is it August 8th? Oh, October 8th, 2013. <laughs> I have to say, I'm, I'm a little, uh, I got yeah. this awesome group okay. in, the, in the studio today. Ed from uh, Mugsdale, Ed. Eddie. Somebody has to correct oh, me. <laughs> yeah, I need you. And uh, I don't know. I'm out of it. <laughs> but cheers to everybody. We, we got Leia from the ship yeah. in here from Milford, New Jersey. We're tasting some of her, her uh, English-style beers. We got Zach from ABC Beer Company in the East Village. Yay. And Haley and Meredith from the Bearded Ladies, one of the finest uh, blogs out there about beer. And uh, cheers to bearded, Maggie, Bree, and Justin, our uh, producers and team and all that. So, hey, we're here on the Heritage Radio Network. We're here every Tuesday. Our, our sponsor. Is greatbrewers.com. Thanks so much. And our supporter is the Good Beer Seal. Well, we've been, we've been, a lot's been going on in New York. Uh, we're getting ready for Cider Week, even though it's not beer, it, it's, it's a big event for some of us. Um, last week we had a very interesting guest. We had uh, Heather, the brewer from Six Point, Yay. and uh, we had Ed on. We drank some vintage beers. So, uh, what did you bring this week, Ed? I just bought a, since it's our 21st anniversary tomorrow, uh, a couple bottles. They actually presented us with a couple of cases of the Blood Brothers IPA from last year that Brooklyn Brewery brewed for us. And I figure it's a good time to share it. Why not? You know, it's uh, it's not going to be, it wasn't readily available to anybody and uh, people dug it. So we've got the bearded ladies. We have everybody else here and uh, why not? And we have the bearded Jimmy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the true bearded. Ah, good one. <laughs> so let's, let's, go. <laughs> let's have everybody introduce themselves because there's a lot of new guests here. Just say your name and, and tell us where you're from and a little bit what's going on. I'm Leah from the Ship Inn. I am the brewer. Uh, I've been there for about four years brewing beer. We're a traditional English brewery in Milford, New Jersey. That's right on the Delaware River. And uh, we are New Jersey's first brew pub. 
You know, um, I was out there this summer. I was lucky. Our, our good friend Jonathan White from Bobolink Dairy and Bakehouse, I think. Yes. It's not it's not Bobolink Farm. Don't ever say that. But he had a little <laughs> pig roast, and he's talking about the ship, the ship in so much. I know that um, I had some really great beers out there. So how long have you been the brewer? Uh, for four years. Uh, but we've, we we uh, became New Jersey's first brew pub in 1995. Uh, that's when the prohibition laws changed, and we were able to open up in January uh, with our with our first first beer, which is the best bitter. Awesome. And then we've also got Zach from ABC Beer. How are you, Zach? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Great. Tell us a little about yourself. So uh, we're a craft beer store and bar on Avenue C between Sixth and Seventh uh, in the East Village. We've been open about eighteen months now. Um, have uh, 350, 400 bottles for sale to go, a bunch of pints, 12 rotating tap lines to stay, good food, comfortable But you atmosphere. really, like, you're more, almost more of a beer bar. I mean, it, it's a store format, but yeah, we're, you've got we're, some great seating areas. We're one of the increasingly popular hybrid concepts, but uh, we, we really do pride ourselves on having some comfortable seating and uh, back patio where you can hang out when the weather's nice like now. Which is Ed, do you, ever, do you ever go anywhere besides Mug's Ale House? I'll go anywhere. I'm too old. Please. Please. Yeah, he used to be I in a polka band. For 21 when, he, years. when he gave up the polka yeah, band, polka he hasn't been out. I love bringing that up. Okay, <laughs> and our, and our very that. special guest, who, who, who've written a lot of great things and, and probably know more about beer than anyone in the room. <laughs> I don't know about that. Nah. <laughs> uh, I'm Meredith from Bearded Ladies. And, and I'm Haley from Bearded Ladies. We're sharing headphones right now, like conjoined twins, so we'll probably speak at the same <laughs> and time. And the microphone. But Very we're not fitting. actually conjoined. We're two individuals. And we're not bearded as well. Thank we you. just I love beard. I was just going to say it's that. It's fun. <laughs> but we, you know, we, we love what you guys write. You wrote a great article about going up to Brewery Oma Gang in Cooperstown, Meredith. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and, yeah, and you know, and Jimmy, not to, I want to jump on this because I'm a father of four girls, and it's incredible that, you know, last week we had a, a female brewer. This week we have a few, yeah. and we have the bearded ladies, even though they're not bearded. But you know, they, it's just <laughs> we'll nice work on being it, surrounded by women ladies. that like beer. It's good. <laughs> Let's start. So, Meredith, how, how did you, so? Tell us how bearded ladies got started. I know it's a respected beer blog. I've seen you at a lot of events. Um, yeah, well, uh, I love beer, and uh, I love drinking beer, and I also thought I would put that creative writing degree to use, um, combining the two. So, I uh, Haley and I worked together at a bar in Brooklyn, and it was a beer bar talked about beer all the time and i had the idea last year to start writing it down so uh, we developed the website and launched it in january um and since then i've just been doing a lot of self-promotion on social media because i'm in marketing so that kind of crossover helped what bar did you guys work at uh we worked at a you want to say the name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, strong place. There. I still work there. So it's a great place. Uh, it's in Cobble Hill uh, on Court Street. Uh, fantastic little gastropub. Yeah. How many lines? 22, 21? Uh, 24. 24. 24. 24. Yeah. Go. 24 lines of beer. It's good. All right. Cool. And, wh- and what are you guys working on? I know, I know you wrote, I keep saying this article about Brewery Omegang because it's pretty good. Uh, um, yeah, I do. Uh, we each kind of have our own little thing that we write about. I do uh, 50 States of Beer is one of my series that actually got picked up by a, a bigger food blog called American Food Roots at AmericanFoodRoots.com. Um, and I'm doing beer and food pairings for each state. Uh, that grew out of Bearded Ladies. The other wow. ones I do are Brews Cruise, which is kind of like a, that's where the Oma Gang one came from. It's kind of like a travel brewery tourism kind of thing where I go to different uh, breweries and convince them to give me a private tour so I can write about it, which is pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. You ever hang them out to dry? 
Uh, not yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want that kind of journalism. Wait. Uh, it's America. Well, <laughs> since Leia's here from the ship in, and you guys are uh, British specialists, let, let's talk about English-style beers and in-cask beers. I think that uh, not too many Americans really know about that. Um, tell us a little, give us like a primer on, on British beer and then what you guys are doing at the ship in in Milford, New Jersey. All right, so what makes British beer British beer is that uh, it's a one, one infusion mash system, uh, low carbonation, warmer temperatures, um, and generally lower alcohol content, uh, and also open fermentation. So I brew on a seven-barrel Peter Austin system. Uh, we do have open fermentation, and we only use Ringwood yeast, which is uh, generally... A little controversial, but if you brew within the proper parameters, it's quite delicious. Uh, we do not filter our beer. It is constantly evolving and maturing and growing. Uh, the best bitter currently is about three weeks old, and this is a very different flavor. So that's what we're drinking now. Than, uh, than when it started. Um, it's, yeah, it's definitely uh, finishing off pretty filtered? nice. No. No, no, we don't filter at all. We use uh, we allow gravity to filter our beer. Okay. Uh, we also have the beer engines, the hand pumps. So um, traditionally, if somebody comes into the uh, the brew pub asking for a, a Budweiser, they'll be slightly disappointed that our beers are are considered flat by their standards. Uh, but once you get used to it, it's, it's quite delicious. So I know originally at the ships, and why did you guys have a, a British beer focus? Oh, the owners are British. <laughs> ah, that explains. It. Yeah, there you go. It's a simple answer. Period. Period. Yeah. Ed, do you do uh, any cask beers? Yeah, we do. I actually I was going to ask you if you were going to do that. If you do, I think you do cask beer, right? We do. Ah, uh, cask has been again. I've been doing this for twenty-one years, and cask is. It depends on what you put up, and uh, I am a traditionalist. So I feel that cask should be left to like stouts and like ESBs, and not really. You know, everything comes in cask now, and you have Belgian-style beers, which I think, I'm like, you know, after a while, it's like, it's just crazy. I love it. You know, maybe gravity if you want to pour it, but it, I think through a beer engine, I really think that, you know, traditional styles, like you just said, English styles are really the ones that started it, and I really like to put my blinders on and try to focus in on that and not I, go I, out. I agree. Them. I mean, we, we dabble with casks as well, and I think the traditional styles tend to do better. Um, we... You know, you put something up that pours really well in a normal draft system, like a Green Flash West Coast IPA. Put the same same thing up on cask, and people just don't have the same reaction. It's kind of hit or miss with it, but it's, it's something like this is perfect. I'll, I'll <laughs> tell you, I mean, you know, and IPAs to me, I used to never want them on cask, but we've been Stone has been good to us, and we've been getting these crazy casks, and we blow through them. I mean, they do well, mm-hmm. uh, but I still like, you know, I like the older English style type of things on cask. You know. I actually uh, on Saturdays I give I give craft beer uh, pub crawl tours for Urban Oyster, ah. uh, which is a tour company. So we you end come at mugs us? exactly. Yes. So all yes. my tours end at mugs, and I always try to get a cask. Yeah, uh, we you know. On there I mean, for if the you, folks how many, wow them. How long have you been doing it? I've only been working there a couple months. Actually, okay. Yeah. I mean, we through the summer we try to avoid cask because it's like it gets really controlled temperature. Mm-hmm. We don't have Same. a cask room or anything like that. Now you'll you know if you're going to keep doing the tours you'll see we'll we'll probably have two casks up when, oh, when nice. we go into the fall but i i like to put you know just certain so how do you styles. do do you have a you have a, a hand pump or do you just put it on the bar we have two hand pumps 
we have two of them, and uh, we have an area that we just have a cask. I'm traditionalist, and, and you know we leave it there. We do have a um, uh, what do they call them? God, now I'm I stump myself. A breather, I think, on it. It's called a breather, and and it actually puts a two pound pressure of gas on top of it. So we have 32 beer lines, and for us to to really draw out one cask within three days. You know, naturally is just impossible. So we try to keep it alive. So we put that little blanket of, of CO two combination nitrogen on top of it, and uh, and it lives longer. And it actually does live longer. And it, depending on the alcohol that we have, the cask that w- what's within the cask, we can actually ha- get through a cask within six to seven days. So we're we're okay with it. For the rest of you guys, does anyone feel like there's an agreed upon standard for how a cask should be served in America? <laughs> Oh, That's a tough question. <laughs> I know the answer, but it should it be. We have no government for the same reason. We all serve beer differently. No one can agree on anything here. Um, I personally, we you know we're a younger bar than he is, but we definitely have come to the conclusion that I like the gravity system as well. I, I prefer to keep it at room temperature. You you really need to. But gravity, you got to get rid of it. Yeah, you know, exactly. And, and it's it like if you don't get rid of it, if you don't sell it, I mean, money. the objective is to sell it. So, yeah. I mean, if you can't Let's sell ask Leah at the ship in. Bar. How do you guys handle... So, you have... Some of your beer is on a light carbonation, mm-hmm. but then you the, the beers that are on hand, hand pull, you know... Tell us how you guys handle that system. Well, how many draft lines and what? I mean, how many line, How many beers do you serve? We have six bright tanks in okay. our uh, in our cooler. Uh, our cooler is kept to cellar standards, so all of the beers are served at the same temperature. Okay. Um, generally, in the summer, I hold back off of the um, uh, the amount of beers that I will put on the hand pumps. We have three. Um, but do, do you the keg pumps. them or you you draw from the tanks? Oh, they're in the bright tanks. Yeah, so uh, ah. we draw from ah. the bottom, so we use gravity to to bring it up. It's a, a piston suction. Um, so yeah, generally in the summer, people aren't too interested in a, a flatter beer, but in the winter time, you'll see uh, two to three hand pump beers on at all times. Including stout, which I think is sublime. I really think on the, the winter stouts on cask are probably yeah. the best. But yeah. so you're you're really built to to serve the beers the way you want. Oh yes, yes. So unlike the rest of us, we have these like you know <laughs> traditional draft what systems. The customer wants. No, yes. I'm just kidding. We, we actually no. I do brew for the customer as well. Uh, what we're currently drinking now is the. Do you really? <laughs> um, uh, the the killer bee is our extra special bitter recipe with honey added to it, and this is probably our most popular beer. I can't even keep it in house. This is this right now. Yeah, I would have a full time job just trying to keep up with demand for this. You know, beer. Columbus Day weekend's coming up, and the, and it's nothing like about an hour and a half drive from the city to Milford. Road trip. Yeah, and uh, yeah. the ship ends right there. So tell us, people, what it's like when, when you walk in and the experience they'll have, because it's right. a real special place. Well, the first thing you'll you'll notice is um, the the plaid rug. Uh, <laughs> 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 we are a very traditional English brew pub. Um, we also have beautiful tin ceilings. And then the, once you sit down at the bar, the next thing you're going to notice is we don't have a TV. Uh, we believe in... Um, atmosphere and socialization and, and interacting. You don't have anybody staring at a ceiling while, while you're trying to converse with them. Uh, we're definitely a family restaurant. We have a very diverse crowd of customers. Um, 
And uh, what, there's one more thing I wanted to say about. <laughs> and you make your beer there. Yeah, we make the beer Ooh. there. You can actually see the brewery. It's uh, it's all behind glass. Um, if I'm there diving into something, you will see me sweaty and. I can definitely <laughs> recommend a, a trip out there if you go out to Milford. It's near Frenchtown. Yes. Some fancy writers are living in Frenchtown, New Jersey now. <laughs> but it's, it's it's a nice yeah, place though. It is, and uh, we also serve uh, English savories, and we we definitely work with uh, the community around us. So. Uh, we get all of our produce and our beef locally. Um, the honey for this beer uh, is is right from Milford, New Jersey, uh, from Tasso Apiaries, and we use uh, Bobolink quite often for for their delicious cheese. Awesome! <laughs> all right, hey, the, just in case you're out there right now, you can email us beersessions at gmail dot com, and you can also send us a Twitter message at beer underscore sessions. We'll be back in a few minutes here on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. You are listening to Leaving by Dead Stars on the Heritage Radio Network at ORG. Stay tuned for more from Beer Sessions Radio. So, you like good beer. Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the Great Beer Test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit greatbrewers.com today. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Right here at Roberta's in Bushwick. I'm looking forward to my dinner tonight. I think it's going to be a most fun mangalista pork collar and some pizza. Ed, what are you going to have for dinner tonight? I'm going home. You're going home. <laughs> <laughs> you gave up the polka van. You can't go out anymore. Yeah. God, you well, the polka. Ed, so I was out. saying you, you brought this special beer. I call it the monster beer. But what, what, is, what beer did you really bring for the anniversary? It was our Brooklyn Brewery was in Williamsburg when we opened the bar 21 years ago. And I felt that after 20 years of being there that I had talked to them and I talked to Garrett Oliver and we wanted to come up with an anniversary ale. And they did. And we brewed this last year. And it came out great. And there were not too What's many bottles called? left. It is the Blood Brothers IPA. It was a red it's IPA. It's not the monster. No, it's not the monster. It's actually... <laughs> we w- I went there and I tried to figure out what style did Brooklyn Brewery at that point not have and a red IPA was one of them and Blood Brothers IPA since we've been there working together for so many years we figured that would be a good name for it it was uh, an imperial IPA it's about eight and a half percent alcohol and it came out beautifully and people dug it and I actually think Garrett got pissed that it was so good <laughs> but whatever um, and the bottles I haven't had it so we can try these now and uh Enjoy them. So, are you, do you have more of these at Mogsdale House? No, I, I'm, they're not 
readily available for sale. None of it was other than the kegs. It wasn't registered to be here. So I can give it away, but I can't sell it. This is a sh- special. <laughs> well, cheers. And, uh, Mary- so you should enjoy it, Jimmy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and we're not on to that yet. We're drinking the Southern Tier of course. ESP that Meredith brought. Throw the old man uh, aside. Yeah, this is the uh, Southern Tier Harvest. Uh, it's their English-style extra special bitter. Um, I picked it up before here at Double Windsor, which is where our third bearded lady, Kara, works. Uh, where she's working right now, actually. I need and a bearded lady. Buying Can I find a bearded lady to work at Muggs? <laughs> hey, man, I, I could use another night shift. So. There we go. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love this. I love this beer. I love Southern Tier. I think they do an awesome job. I wish they weren't so far away. You see New York, and you're like, oh, I could go visit, but then you realize it's like eight and a half hour drive due west. Yeah, but their beers are. I mean, they they. If you can get them in New York, they're here. I yeah. mean, you know what? So they're where are they? Like they're way out by like, yeah. Lake Erie, uh, aren't they? Lake they're, something. They're something far out. One of those lakes. Because I'm, yeah. I'm not the guys. Uh, <laughs> exactly. We're all looking at they're each near, other. They're right near now. Buffalo. We're all there. Yeah, right. They're up by Rochester, Western New York. We'll give some gr- Great Lakes love. There's a guys uh, way out in Western Pennsylvania, also called Voodoo. Mm-hmm. And I just met them, and they say they're actually just across the border from Southern Tier. So they're uh, all like almost to Lake Erie. Lake Erie. Yeah. That's probably where it's all. You know, around. funny story. My mom was at a conference for. She works in healthcare. She's at a conference somewhere in Arizona or something like that. And she texts me, "Do you know Southern Tier beer?" Because she knows I like. I like beer. That's obviously. what I'm drinking right now. Uh, and I was just, I was opening a pumpkin. This was like a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm actually opening a pumpkin right now." She said, "You are invited." And apparently, she was sitting next to the father of the brewer. At Southern Tier at some conference in Arizona, and they struck a conversation. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, my daughter has a blog, you know, whatever." It's <laughs> like, "All right, okay." <laughs> cool. We actually have a casket of pumpkin coming up in our fall. Oh, nice! In a couple that weeks, awesome. yeah, nineteenth so and twentieth will be up. Fantastic. Could I formally invite the bearded ladies? Thank you so much. <laughs> we will take you up on that. I'm invited too, <laughs> Zach. You're invited, but why don't you you invite <laughs> us? He's not why don't bearded, you invite though, us right? to something that's going on at your place? Oh man! Well, Zach is the bearded wonder. I'm <laughs> well. He's I wish I could grow a beard. I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got. Uh, we just finished up doing like a light Oktoberfest. We're across the street, pretty much. We're kitty corner to Zoom Schneider. Yep. So we uh, we did a we did a an Americanized attempt at Oktoberfest. Those guys crush it every year but we had a lot of fun and now we're just kind of focusing on doing some classes uh we had a stellar uh cheese program and uh, we're going to be highlighting some beer and cheese pairing classes um getting stuff ready for fog and, the, and like the holidays ready gearing everyone up for how to entertain for holiday well, parties are there certain nights that you have yeah, we usually we do them on Mondays and Tuesdays for the most part. Um, but we're going to be posting up the finalized schedule, which I've uh, kind of slacked off on finalizing until sometime later this week. It'll be up on our website, which is abcbeer.co. Um, Zach, let's talk about you because you've you got a little bit of a background. Um, I know. I guess so. I read about. <laughs> first of all, you guys were closed by Can Sandy you last it on year. The radio yeah. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a good time to bring. Almost a year ago, it was Hurricane Sandy, and much of the city was shut down. Yeah, it's crazy to think that and way. You um, guys were flooded, but yeah. you have a nice community. But you, you, you're part of something. There's like wine store. You have a wine background. Tell us how you got right. started in this. Right. So I, uh, you know, much like most people, I moved here right after graduating college without much of an idea of what was going to happen, and I kind of fell into. The wine industry, thanks to my current business partner, uh, who owns a wine shop over on Avenue C, a couple doors down from us, Alphabet City Wine Company, basically the same name. 
Um, and through that and working at his uh, his restaurant that he co-owns um, called Invino, I was able to get a good feeling for Italian wines and through the wine shop through for international wines and from there I just kind of blossomed into an understanding of of good good booze good good wine good beer and uh, realized that you know it's worth to like what you drink so. so how did you guys make the jump from doing a wine bar and a wine store to a dedicated beer shop well I was actually never a partner at either of those places I was uh, working there while trying to get my <laughs> my writing career my media career off the ground which uh, coincided with a financial collapse so it was it was an interesting time yeah, to be yeah. 22 23 in New York but uh, that that slowly took off and I took a couple desk jobs before I realized I absolutely hated it Just and what uh, thing. Don't mention your age here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I am. I really would appreciate that. I think Ed's bar is older than you. Yeah. <laughs> we just turned 21. We can drink. God, you guys York. are making me feel young for the first time in a while. Uh, well, you are. <laughs> I, uh, I took a couple of desk jobs, realized pretty quickly that it wasn't for me, and I got a phone call while I was home visiting family in the midst of a bit of a nervous breakdown about my career life, and... Um, my current business partner, David Hitchner, was just basically told me he wanted to open up a craft beer store bar, and uh, took about a year. I was taking, I was working long long hours, working the day shift at the desk job, and then coming and figuring out how the bar was going to work at night. But we finally opened May of last year, so good. Yeah, it's a good way to do right. it. And on the way out, I'm just going back to one. Uh, we both said that we knew about Kermit Lynch, mm. who inspired me, and he's he was a importer of french wine exactly around the same time as alice waters if anyone goes back that far and in 1989 you wrote a great book called the adventures on the wine and i would exact say any seminal. any of our, our beer fans out there if you want to get inspired go get kermit lynch's book adventures on the wine route it's it's about an importer who is out there checking out scene and it the, the style of writing and the life that he it's, lived inspired many of us to yeah, it's, it's romantic get into this business. In, in, so. in a truly in a non If you like to read way. books. Yeah, if, you, if you're one of those rare people who like to read books and not listicles on the internet, it's a great way to, to really appreciate uh, an awesome industry, something that gets overshadowed by a lot of pompous uh, overspeak. And this guy... It really is for me too. It yeah, he went a, and visited his, you know, the, the the wine growers that he was. He's met all these people and talked about his travels and, in a way that we feel about when, when you know you guys are out there, Meredith, you're visiting a brewery or you know we're going yeah. into the ship in in Milford, New Jersey. It's the same experience. We're like, wow, this movement is just starting and and we're meeting all these great people. Yeah, it's come a long way since he wrote that book and. You know, it's it's a really good thing to pick up and read if you're interested in it. So, what's on tap right now at ABC Beer Co? Uh, we uh, we've got a bunch of things on tap right now. We did a special event last week ne- last week with uh, Peak Organic, and uh, we were dry uh, we were dropping hops in their Fall Summit. We got Hummet, Summit hops sitting in the bar right now that we're we're dropping in the drinks. So Let's go. we got things like that. We've got uh, um, Lanju Blug, a Spanish beer in. We're, uh, we're pouring those guys. Um, we're doing... God, what else did we have on today? That was Lisa, what were you drinking? We had... Schneider Weisse. Schneider Weisse, because, yeah, we're, a, yeah, a classic. We're, we're holding true to Oktoberfest, because uh, the guys over at Zoom Schneider are going strong. We rotate constantly, so it really depends on... Uh, you know, we, we got good reps. They, they help us out. So we, we get interesting stuff in, and... Old favorites, yep. but I it's always different. I picked you up different. today. Rob Reeves, a longtime beer salesman, was there from. Uh, yeah, he sells exactly. Rodenbach, which is pretty great. Yeah, yeah, we've, we we yeah. we you know people love coming through the front door, I and mean, I, I feel like I'm, 
easy guy to work with, so people, you know, people tend to stop by and pitch me on new stuff. One thing, let's, and let's get the beard ladies in and Ed. So, so you guys are, are a beer store. So th- I mean, I think a lot of the great new places that have opened in the city are beer stores, but your, yours is one, one that really has a, a beer bar component. Like, I feel like when I walk in, the store is just like the front. It's like those restaurants where they're like, oh, it's going to be a butcher shop and a restaurant, but it's really a restaurant. Right. Well, to set the scene kind of similar to what we had with Lee over here, we, we don't have the plaid rug, but we do have like gorgeous <laughs> chandelier and, and a couple of refrigerators on the sides where you see the meat and cheese counter up front and all this stuff in a grocery section that's really, really well maintained. Phoebe, our food manager, does a phenomenal job of stocking all this stuff. We just uh, we, we really take pride in the front part of the store, but it moves to the back um, Pretty quickly, you realize there's you know the twelve rotating taps, comfortable bar area, and then we have this gorgeous sixteen foot long wooden table and comfortable leather chairs and a back patio that's perfect for hanging out in. And you know it's it's a different vibe than you get at a lot of the hybrid stores. Meredith, what, what do you think about this thing? Is it the beer stores that are and I know this this interesting licensing. And I think New York's really mm-hmm. dynamic and that you can have a restaurant that's a brewery. You you, you have yeah. be, you know yeah. beer stores. There's that are a lot also of different bars. licenses. I mean, you can you can have a bottle shop under a deli license uh, and still serve beer yeah. as long as you have a menu. I don't I don't know what it's like in New Jersey, but I'm from Massachusetts. Or I grew up north of Boston, and it's very different there. You can't do anything like that. Or even close. And growlers are an issue there, if anything. I mean, what are some of the other beer shop hybrids that you like, Meredith? Um, I love Top Hops on Orchard yeah. Street. I used to work at the Tenement Museum, and Those I would always duck out yeah. over to Top Hops after work. Uh, fantastic bottle shop. Uh, the cool thing about bottle shops is that it kind of is the answer to wine stores, but even better because you can enjoy a pint there. So. I mean, craft beer is everywhere right now, you know. You can go into your bodega and find 37 different six-packs. But is that deli guy going to know as much about craft beer as maybe somebody who was trained as a sommelier would know about wine? Not to talk smack about deli guys, but odds are no. Uh, (laughs) So going to a bottle shop that specializes in craft beer, you get a really knowledgeable person behind the counter. Um, You can sit and have a pint, talk about it. And also they can, you know, tell you what... To pair with your meatloaf dinner, you're going to have the next day, you know. So it's, I think it's awesome. There's one place I like. I think it's on Grand or Metropolitan. Is it Browery Lane? Or it's something else. Yeah, uh, no, the Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. Ed Raven. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. My friend Ed yeah. Raven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's Ed actually on the uh, on the Urban Oyster tour. Uh, we, yeah. Right before Mugs, we go there to the Brooklyn. Go. Uh, Brooklyn. So where else do you go on Urban Oyster tour? We start at Barcade. Which oh, is yeah. uh, fantastic because I get to lead off by being like, so these guys are sitting around thinking we like beer and video games. Let's do this forever. Actually, guys used to start at Bugs, but then they We used to, yeah. Out. And then, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the owner like, of the I company like it turned it around. I like this. I like but we this. get often a lot of people going to Mugs thinking we start there and then having a pint and then calling us eventually and saying, uh, okay, I'm late okay. for the tour. I'll kick it back <laughs> <then>. <laughs> um, So, yeah, we started at Barcade. We go to uh, Brooklyn. We go to Spite and Dival. Which is really fun because yeah, uh, everyone thinks it's a barber shop when we roll up, <laughs> and they're always very surprised. Uh, Spine Dival's is a great little craft beer bar in Williamsburg that specializes in rare and sort of obscure beers. They only have about six or seven six drafts, six six drafts, and they're just fantastic. Three hundred bottles or something. Yeah. Like that, yeah, they really they really know what they're talking no, about. They Shane the over standard, there knows what they're talking yeah. about. Yeah. No, they really do. Well, hey, another toast here. We're gonna um, oh, again awesome. take a short break. Listen to some cool music, and we'll be back in a few minutes here on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. No more 
Like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably-minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today. You're listening to Kill Me in the Summertime by Dead Stars on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Hey, hey, welcome. What, Ed? Hey, hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. What's up, Ed? Nothing. Ed's my new co-host. I know. He's going to be on almost every week, at least for a I was going to start calling you Kermit now. Kermit Lynch. Yeah, right. I I hope I get toast to Kermit Lynch. If if you like what's going on in beer. Cheers to Kermit Lynch. uh, This guy was a pioneer. Cheers. Cheers to Kermit Lynch. Adventures on the Wine Route. I Jimmy would definitely Kermit check it out. Carbone. Hey. Carbone. I met him when, when I was young and I was just getting started out talking about Zach. You know, I, I would go to a lot of wine tastings and, and started. I first met guys like Ed Raven and, and uh, Jim Munson, who were the early Jimmy salesmen. Munson, yeah. At Brooklyn Brewery, they had the Craft Brewers Guild, which was the first group in New York that was selling everything from Chimay yes, and sir. Schneider Aventinas to some like uh, American craft beers like Rogue. And this was like 1992. And at the same time, I had just read the Kermit Lynch Adventures on the Wine Route. And I was really inspired to say, hey, you know, I can have a life, a career, uh, with these like, like-minded, literary, smart people. And uh, before that, I didn't really think that the restaurant or bar business was really worth pursuing as a career. But I, it, I just needed that little spark to get going. If so. I could just say a little bit into that, because beer history in New York, I mean, it really started at Brooklyn Brewery. It really did, to a certain degree. But what you just mentioned with Ed Raven and everybody else, these guys used to have they I I Craft Brewers Guild was to me like the ultimate distributor at that point. And they would have meetings in the because at that time when they were starting out they didn't have a like an office, so they came to mugs and they used to have their meetings in the back. But these guys what impressed me the most the drivers, the truck drivers, everybody was there tasting any new product that they had coming in. And I was impressed. I was just like, God, if you're taking the extra effort to have everybody sit there. And they used to sit around in a circle. We used to all sit around in a circle. Here is the new Corson Dock or this and that at that point. And they would go around and just say, what do you think of it? What do you think of this? And, and everybody just had their little blurb on it. And they, I really, they were really an anchor in New York. And for many years, I mean, New York was behind <laughs> for a long time. But, you know, now it's chaotic. <laughs> I'd say even, you know, cheers to Ed Raven, too, for what we're just talking about. Sam, he had delivered a keg to my place this week. He's still super involved in everything. He's bringing in great stuff. And I'm happy to be involved with people like that. But you have to, he's right. You, have, New York you, really, way you really have to applaud Steve Hindley, everybody, and Tom Potter. I mean, those are the yeah. two main Everybody, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all those guys. You got Richie Novak. You have a lot of people that were behind the scenes. Even this guy, G, the <laughs> Greg, I think his name is, I call him G-Man, but he was like a driver at the time, and now he's like their warehouse manager. These guys were all a, like a piece of this, and, and 
you know, Brooklyn, and thank God, because at one point Brooklyn Brewery was going to move out of Williamsburg, and I used to be like, oh, I don't you want know, that going, going way back when you first started, I mean, I, rem- I remember those days, but you remember them better. Like, you, you still have you have a, a great draft set up at Mugs, <laughs> but you still have some of the legacy beers. Like, you know, you, you always have on yeah, some Yeah, like, you know, I, I am not a rotational guy, as a lot of bars are. I mean, I know that, you know, everybody's young now, so a lot of young people are looking for a lot of different things. I mean, I had a guy write me up someplace on a review. It's like, oh, there's nothing I haven't had here before. But we, we, we try to actually applaud everybody that was there before. I mean, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, you can't take it down. I mean, you know, it's like our Pale Ale. We've had it up for 20 years. You know, Vine Steffer, Hefeweizen. I mean, I could put 10 Hefeweizens up, but maybe somebody's not going to like that Hefeweizen. But Vine Steffer's like just, there's, there's staples that you have to kind of stick with. And that's the way I look at it. And guy, everybody does what they want to do now. Like I said earlier, like when we were off the mics, you know, the, the whole scene has changed. The, the whole novelty. Everybody's a multi-tap bar. Everybody picks and chooses what they want to do. I just feel that you have to kind of keep the guys that were there before all of this happened. And, you know, you have beer geeks out there that are going to look at me like, oh, yeah, he's got nothing there, you know, this and that. Well, you know what? I have Sierra Pill up. I have Hogarden up. I think it's a great whip beer. Yeah, you have all the great... Allagash is a great whip beer. I love it. We put it up, run it alongside. But, you know, not everybody likes Allagash. So, we, you know, we try to find that middle road. But then you have other side. You have all this real specialty stuff. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know what? Like, I keep telling you, and we've talked about this in the past, It's it's been chaotic, and it's like, it's crazy. Who do you put up? You, what nano brewery? What this? <laughs> you know, in the old days when I was coming, it was easy. Stone showed up in town, and we had three stones up. It was like, oh, yeah, you want to come up? We got three brewery, we got three draft lines. You can't do that with a brewery now. You've got nanos, you've got all these micros showing up. New York, and like I said earlier, it's really have has become chaotic and it's unraveled to a point where, for me, a guy in my age, <laughs> <laughs> it's just become like I I would rather. I am actually thinking about turning the tables on breweries and just saying, hey. You take care of me, I take care of you, that type of thing. Because I'll give you a draft line, you give me the specialty stuff, Beer and we'll work something out. Well, I, I, I just don't know what way to approach it anymore because it just gets crazy. It's like you have breweries showing up, like, like you mentioned, sp- speaking, Spanish breweries. You yeah, know. I mean, I, like, I, I do rotational taps at Alphabet City Beer Co. It's... Like it's a lot of work. There's a there's always yeah, something new coming cash. up, and there's a there's a give and a take with that. People love to be able to come in and try new things, but like you said, there's great stuff that I wish I could have on more often. But I'm beholden. Well, you know one thing. Wait, wait, one and, thing that's and, great. Wait, one thing that's great about the show. Wait, 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 You're wait, done. Wait, come on. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 I have to ask this. I'm going to forget okay. this question. <laughs> How many of those beers? Like, I mean, and I'm not going to put you in. A, I hope I don't put you in a spot here. You know, and I, as well as I know, there are stragglers. And there are going to be beers that are going to sit there, and it's like people are going to be like, all right, you rotate them in. They don't rotate, rotate out as quick. And you know it. And I know it because it happens. And, and that's what the rotation thing just drives me nuts. It can be. Also, it's, it's kind of like trying to plan a kitchen. Like if a restaurant did food this way, it would drive them out of business half the time because yeah. no one would know what they were expecting yeah. coming in. With exactly. beer, you can go a certain style, so you're, you're kind of working with a with – a, general framework of what you need to order but a lot of the time you're basically stuck with what's available and sometimes you know i mean like I'm, i never put something on that i wouldn't drink myself that's that's obviously the baseline rule i think meredith has something to say 
She's oh, I, would, I mean, <laughs> I, was just, uh, I was just I reminded. I want the ladies to talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is kind of a personal thing for me, though. I was just reminded, Ed, when you were talking about uh, rotation right. and, and sort of like your, your philosophy on lining your taps. I always tell the story to my tours of uh, the last Coors Light line. <laughs> The famous story. I, just I was about wondering the story. if you could maybe yeah. just tell it no, so I, I can. Tell it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually told you know? it to him. Right yeah. Maybe Zach can it. tell it. I, well, no, no. I, I mean, if you it's, want, it's, you'll hear it from the horse's mouth. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or the horse's whatever you want. <laughs> whatever, from whatever mentor I'm, to mentee, I'm. I'm. I'm you know, I again, I've been doing this for 21 years, a long time. I mean, you know, no, I you love guys, it. You're a pioneer, old, man. You're a pioneer. I've been sworn to secrecy. I'm 12, can't, actually. Tell us the story. <laughs> All right. Tell us no, the story. The story was where I, when we started Mugs Up, we had eight draft lines. And I always, like, was edging my wife on. And my wife and I run the place. So it's like, we're like, I got to change this up. And I'm like, course, like, we had, and we, and, you know, don't crucify me. Lightning bolts don't strike me down. We had Bud and Coors Light, you know, in 1992. But it was on. a turnkey bar, right? You, it was turnkey. Exactly. We were the fourth bar in the neighborhood there. Now it's, what, 400 bars? And so you inherited some regulars. Right. Yeah. And we had Coors Light. <laughs> I'll just had, help you along. And we had Coors Light <laughs> and Bud up. And one night, I, one day I decided to take FX Matt Light up and replace the Coors Light line with that. And I was like... This will work. I said, it's a light beer. I mean, and I don't believe in light beers. We ne- After that point, we never had a light beer up again because I just don't believe in light beer. If you're going to drink beer, you want a beer that has gusto. <laughs> it's like you want Amen. something there. I mean, you really do. And, um, and make a long story short because I mean, now Jimmy's already fallen asleep. And <laughs> what happened was this one regular that we used to have is Brooklyn, old Brooklyn type of guy. He was a taller than me. Big guy, 300 pounds, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting at the bar, and he gets just crazy. He, he's going to hit me with a chair. And <laughs> I, I whip out the chair out of his hands, throw him out of the bar, I, and I actually told him that if I would have left the Coors Light handle up on top of this beer, that he probably would have never known. But I put the handle that was supposed to be there. And then I get a beer geek walking through the door and... 3.15 to talk to me about gravities of other beers. And now it's like, look at him. Now's not the time. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, we took Bud down, and we really just jumped on the bandwagon and went craft all the way. So, All right. Well, hey, Leah from the ship in Milford, what's the last beer you poured for us? Uh, this is the Redcoat Ale. Uh, this actually is a customer-named ale. Um, we were lacking in a red ale. We have lots of pails. We have lots of browns and, and porters and stouts in uh, our recipe repertoire, but we didn't have any red ales, so I wanted to create something with a little bit of a smoky flavor to herald the fall. And um, so when it first went up, it was called the beer that has yet to be named, and uh, we allowed our customers to put in uh, uh, suggestions for a name. We picked three that we liked. Sounds like Harry Potter. Yes, yes. We actually had a lot of people uh, saying, oh, it should be the the beer that shall not be named Voldemort. So uh, we did, um, unfortunately, that was not in the running. Uh, you can't you can't say Voldemort on the air. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we don't own the rights. Ooh. Seven words. I grab those words back. <laughs> this is a future show, how to name beers. There you go, Jimmy. Right in the you got it. Um, so, so yeah, this is actually a relatively new beer. Um, was just tapped last week um, and is hitting its its maturity. Um, it tastes great. Thanks, I like your English you. style. One quick thing: when when you first 
came on the show, you were talking about the the system that you guys have. Yes. What is the system called? It's a Peter Austin system. Um, So um, basically we have handmade bricks uh, surrounding our kettle. We have uh, copper topping, a very small mash tun. Um, It's it's bare bones, uh, very small. And... um, and is it a special Seven yeast barrel? that you use? Is it the ring? What's it called? Ringwood yeast. Um, so what's the controversy with that? Because I've heard that. Well, is that ringwood like the ringwood that they use for like Berliner Weiss? The, the juice that they is that similar to that? Uh, I, this is the, the ringwood thump- yeast that makes Old Thumper uh, from the shipyard in okay. Maine. Uh, we actually Alan get our <laughs> yes, Alan <laughs> Pugsley. Uh, they actually came in and built our brewery for us, uh, and he brought oh. the yeast over. So we actually use. But their why yeast. is there? A con- I mean, I've heard other people say something, but why is there oh. a controversy about that? So basically, what happens with ringwood yeast is if you go with outside of the the temperature parameters for fermentation, that's between sixty five degrees and seventy three degrees, uh, the yeast will start to create um, very off flavors. If you go hot, um, hotter temperatures you'll start to get nail polish, um, more um, uh, butterscotch flavors, which are slightly unpleasing. Um, and if you go at cooler temperatures, you create stuck fermentation. The yeast is very sluggish and doesn't do much. And so you have more of a sweeter, lackluster beer. Um, so so basically, within uh, the ringwood yeast parameters, most people don't like it because they don't like to stick within the parameters that the yeast... They don't respect the yeast, and and that's what we do at the ship in. We re- actually, the beer brews itself. I am a glorified janitor. <laughs> Ooh. Well, I, I'm glad you admitted what brewers. <laughs> it's too much cleaning for me. And what? Let's introduce a, a special guest, Lisa Wachowski. Exactly. Lisa, you're going for a cup. You're a, a big fan of beer. Uh, what's coming up? You took some. You're in Cicerone. You're in uh, National Beer Judge programs just just give us a quick hello and say the all the programs you're in because you're one of the put the beer down (laughs) i i don't do anything terribly exciting people always ask me what i do in beer and i drink a lot of it (laughs) i i'm a certified cicerone and i'm i'm studying for master and it's it's hard work but uh you find people are Brewing absolutely extraordinary beer. I wish everybody could be here and taste taste some of this coming from New Jersey. And uh, I mean, there are some amazing people, obviously, right now running like Zach. Tremendous beer bars. I don't have to tell anybody about mugs. I'm there a lot. Uh, to everybody's shame, and amazing people serving beer. And I I want to say that the best work I've put in is uh, I just want it to go somewhere, and that's what I do. I, I, I drink a lot of beer. It's funny. When I opened mugs, that's the same thing I said. I want it to go somewhere. It didn't work out that way, did it? No, actually it did. Look at us. I'm on a radio show. I've got, I've got, I'm surrounded by years. four young women and one man and one young man. And one old man. For those like of myself. you at home, for those of you at home, uh, none of the ladies have beards. Uh, one of the gentlemen is without one. Uh, two of them are with, depending on your preference. We live in a fine wow. life, don't we? <laughs> Very diverse. All right. Well, hey, I, I think it's uh, the time's so almost beer, up, my friends. I'm not shutting you guys down, but tonight's broadcast is brought to you by GreatBrewers.com, a comprehensive website aimed at bringing the beer community together. And it's October, not August. We're here. Everybody's here. Uh, a couple of things coming up. Our friends, uh, October, on October 12th, 
The Village Voices hosts the third annual Brooklyn Poor at One Handsome Place. Check it out, Village Voice Brooklyn Poor. And I'd like to thank our sponsors at GreatBrewers.com who have helped bring this podcast to you tonight. Uh, Ed, anything else going on, special events? I have the anniversary party tomorrow night. Everybody's invited. We have about a dozen. We usually do go a little bit crazier for a weekend, but I figured that this year I just did in the middle. Not too many anniversary beers out there. So we have a couple anniversary beers. We have an old uh, Dogfish Head Worldwide Stout we'll be tapping. We have uh, Sierra Hoptimum on cask, and we have the last sixth of this beautiful Blood Brothers IPA that we're Awesome. Meredith and Haley, you have some special events coming up, too. Uh, we do. We started doing uh, Beard Ladies events in Brooklyn. So on October 27th, we have a Beard Geek Trivia Night at Atlantic Co. Uh, if you go to our website at beardedladies.com, you can get more info on that. And then also I want to just give a shout-out to New York Girls Pint Out, which are uh, a group that just formed uh, in New York. They have a lot of national chapters, and they're doing an event on October 22nd for Hollaback, which is a, a street harassment awareness group. And it's a benefit of Brooklyn Brewery, and it's going to be awesome. So definitely get tickets for that. Stop by mugs after that. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, for uh, Alphabet City Beer Co., like I said, the classes are coming up, but we're – and we're near and dear to the hearts of the uh, the Colorado flooding thing. We were completely devastated by Sandy, so we feel those guys all month long. Uh, the left hand guys, Oscar Blues, oh god, um, the other the other big Colorado breweries. When Breckenridge. You, Breckenridge. When you buy uh, when you buy Colorado beers, Fort Collins. Fort Collins. Support these guys. Uh, buy their beers. The more we get from them, the more money we they get um, from Union Beer um, and their distributors um, to help build back from what was. Pretty awful stuff, but we can totally feel those guys on All that. Right. So, well, it's it's, it's a quite it's a diverse part of the the New York area beer scene, guys. Thanks for listening. Also coming up, Cider Week New York. Go to Jimmy's Number Forty Three dot com. We have a lot of events coming up, and uh, Cider Week's really it, it's like beer and and cider comes together. I think the the top restaurants and bars in the city are really active in that. If you want to learn more about Cider Week, check it out. Cider Week New York. Yeah. All right. Thanks for so much for listening. Uh, thanks to Ed, Timothy, Meredith, Haley, Zach. Lisa, Leah, for joining me here on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Jack Inslee and Brie O'Connor. And uh, thanks to Joe Galarraga, our engineer. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.